Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist to Equip the Church to be hearers and doers of the Word. My name is Tim, and I am the lead pastor at Memorial Baptist Church, Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall Morden. I'm the associate pastor of that very same church. And we have a, uh, a new series that we're going to work on. Uh, yeah. And with the new series, we're going to bring in a special guest. I'm so, so excited. We, we oftentimes talk about Alex, who produces uh, the podcast for us. Also, he is the Director of Community Ministry at Memorial Baptist Church. I can't believe my boss got my title wrong. He totally messed it up. I totally messed <laughs> I wrote the title. Hello, everyone. I wrote the title. Okay, here's what, here's what Alex does at the church, all right? Alex Everything. is traditionally what you would call the worship pastor uh, and the administrator. That's but. Right. We're part-time worship pastor, part-time administrator. I don't like the slash kind of things and all that. So corporate ministry director. Corporate ministry director. Got it. I don't, I don't have a pastoral title to hang on to quite yet. Corporate so I gotta, ministry I just gotta hold director. On to <laughs> yes. Yes. So what are you talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> today? Today, Alex is also keeping us in, on, on task. Yes. And even in a COVID world, Alex has places to go. Uh, not really. Not really. <laughs> Just not really for server. all those for everyone out there who might get upset thinking that Alex is going somewhere. Uh, so today, today, here's what we're going to do. Here's what our new series is going to be. We are going to because we miss church, right? Mm. Uh, it, it is what we what we do vocationally, but it is also uh, what we would be doing if it wasn't our vocation, right? I, I think that's safe to say uh, that I would be teaching. I would be a part of the worship team, uh, no matter where I was. Uh, and, and I think the same would be true for, for Marshall and Alex. Yeah. Uh, and so in one way, just to sort of reflect, uh, on what it is that the gathering of the church is because our, our online worship is, is not church. It's not the gathering of the body. Uh, it's, it's the best substitute we can come up with in this moment. Um, but it's not it's not the beauty of, of the church gathered on a Sunday morning. Uh, so what we want to do is, in part, we just want to reflect on, on what it is that makes for that beautiful moment of the uh, Sunday morning gathering. Uh, and we also want to talk through why we do things the way that we do things, why people do them differently. Uh, just to let you know that uh, we do think about these things. I think a lot of people just assume there's a baddest way. Uh, and then the way other churches do it, uh, that is the case in, in other denominations. Baptists actually have a whole lot of freedom to just do you. Can you say about the church, you do you? Uh, I, I, I've never heard of Baptist being independent. That's not a thing. <laughs> You've never, <laughs> never heard of an heard independent of Baptist uh, or an autonomous Baptist. Uh, <laughs> so Baptist autonomy allows us a lot of freedom. Uh, and within the realms of scriptural provision, you do you kind of thing is the yeah, way services yeah. are, are structured. Uh, and so we do things the way that we do them because we feel that it is relative to scripture. Um, we feel it is not going against anything that scripture would teach. And we feel like it is systematically, as far as the structuring of a meeting, a good way to go about it. Good flow, right? Yeah. So all of those things come into play. Does that sound fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there are people from some traditions who might 
look at the model that we have and think, you know, oh, that's fairly rigid. Right. Whereas other groups would look at our, our model and say, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty loose. Right. So yeah. it, it all really depends on where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and I think if you've only gone to church in one place, uh, you might just sort of assume that churches kind of all do things the same way. Uh, so we had an awesome, this was not planned, but I'm going to throw this in here anyway. Remember <laughs> you, when I was asked to go to the Christian Reformed Church and preach mm-hmm. uh, the, for the first time that Sunday night, uh, you guys showed up to support me. Uh, maybe you knew what was coming and you just wanted to watch. <laughs> I, I knew that it would be different. Yeah, me too. but but I, I, I knew it would be different. But in the Baptist tradition, when you invite someone to preach, you invite them to preach. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody else, right? Like I assume they've got an Alex and uh, he's going to conduct the service. They've got a marshal that's going to plug in and do the, the other things. And, uh, and I'm here to preach. Right now. No, 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 no. And they just assumed that I knew their order of service and right. that I was going to be ready to do their order of service. And so they're reading, they're going through everything and they're like, Hey Tim, you got a bulletin? I'm like, nah, I don't need a bulletin. And they're like, uh, I think you're going to need a bulletin. And I was like, oh, fine, give me a bulletin. So they started reading through all of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And they're like, you're leading this. And I was like, hold on. I'm leading the whole service with like special readings and special prayers. And, yeah. and they're like, yeah, do you have a plan for which reading and which prayer you've chosen? I'm like, I got nothing. Literally, <laughs> literally four minutes before we were supposed to oh, walk man. out the door. Uh, and so, man. That's great. I can't remember. Did they, did they have you read out of the catechism at all? Did you have to do anything? No, no, I didn't have to Heidelberg. read from the Heidelberg. Okay. I, I think what's what's great is Pastor Martin walked in ten minutes late to late to late to service uh, because he wasn't preaching, so he can be relaxed and yep yep and uh, and realizes that he didn't email <laughs> Tim, <laughs> and I see him in the front row, just like kind of just just going to shock, just oh no, oh no, right, what just happened? Right. <laughs> it all it all worked out. No one was you upset, as, at least as far as yeah, I it was it was great. Uh, no, you did a great job. If, if they would have asked me to read from the Heidelberg, I would have. Uh, the 1689 is just a revision of the Heidelberg in, in reality. Uh, just mostly about how we handle uh, a, a couple of issues. A couple of things, um, yeah. yeah it's, the, the 1689 Baptist Confession of the Faith is just the, uh, a new and improved Heidelberg. New and improved. improved Westminster, technically. But yeah, all, they're, yeah. All, they're all related. Yeah, well, the Westminster right. comes from the Heidelberg as well, right? Right. Right. Yeah. All people, right. People didn't know that they were going to get a short lesson in church history. Yeah. Well, there's church. Know. There's <laughs> confessional church history for you right there. Uh, and in fact, I would I would dare say most Baptists don't know what the 1689 is. They have no idea. People uh, are going to be getting emails like, "What's the 1689?" Yeah. Google it. <laughs> Google it. 1689 yeah, right. London Baptist Confession. Uh, so email, here's what we are going to talk Marshall. about. Say what? <laughs> email Marshall at mbcstratford.ca. Yeah. Email yeah. me. Yeah. I'll set right. you straight. Right. Uh, so here's what we did come to talk about after all this. Uh, we did come to talk about today our pre-service routines, uh, individually and corporately. Uh, so my pre-service routine usually starts on Saturday night when I text, Marsh, uh, text Alex and say, hey, can I get a ride to church? <laughs> <laughs> and and my, my Sunday 
morning prep begins answering Tim. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then also getting a text from Marshall. Uh, can I get a ride to church? <laughs> so then, then it's, then it's a, then it's a party bus. Although I just moved and now Marshall is the furthest away. Uh, oh, that's true. It's yeah. also good. Go You're probably still going to be driving this out. Yeah. Like the baby. <laughs> right. But now you owe him gas money. That's right. That's right. Instead of his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I mean, my routine, what I find is depending on what I'm doing, because unlike you guys, my, the role that I play on a Sunday morning changes pretty drastically from week to week. Right. So sometimes it starts very early. Sometimes, you know, I can kind of show up, you know, 15, 20 minutes before the service starts. So mm-hmm. it really depends on what I'm doing that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, once I get to the church, I'll kind of go into that and what I do because it's, it's pretty straightforward. Once I get to the church, I am basically reading through my sermon over and over again, getting my head prepared and then praying uh, to get my heart prepared. My prayer generally goes like this. Uh, I I generally go with a prayer of repentance for uh, anything that I could have or should have done more Uh, to get into the, I, I would say maybe leaning on the should have and not the could have uh, you could always do something more. Um, but should I have done something more? Had I at any point in my preparation for bringing God's word to God's people uh, that I, I might have been lax uh, in any way. Um, I pray prayer of repentance. I pray that God would just uh, outshine me in such a way that it would matter less what I had to say and matter more what people would receive from the Holy Spirit and from his word. Uh, and that he would teach me and lead my heart so that I would not be guilty of encouraging people to go somewhere that I myself am not going or not willing to go. Mm. Uh, and then after that, I pray for the people that are going to be coming. Uh, at this point, we're looking like 8.15. So people are just sort of up and stirring around and getting ready for a 10 o'clock service. I pray that God would rid them of those excuses that might stand in their way give them strength if they're considering not coming and being a part, if they would consider uh, not being present amongst the body, forsaking the gathering of this people as some are in the habit of doing from Hebrews. Um, And, uh, and then pray that he would just speak his word and his truth and be glorified by the gathering of his people. And uh, I know, I know a lot of pastors are just sort of like busy mingling as people come in and out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not being more, holy by spending that time in prayer. That's just what I need. Um, Cause I preach a little bit differently. And if I step up on the stage without doing all of that study and prayer time, uh, then it's just going to be, it's just going to fall on its face. Yeah. Um, how about you, Alex? Tell me about your morning. Mine is, is pretty different from yours. I, I'm really focused on a lot of logistics um, Sunday morning. Uh, Quite often, my, my spiritual prep for the week for the music has come on the Wednesday when I'm picking songs. It's come when I'm reading through scripture to find um, how to connect the themes of the sermon into what we're singing. Uh, and then by the time I get to Sunday morning, I'm there unlocking the door, making sure all the lights are on and all the computers are running and nothing caught fire uh, the week before <laughs> and, and getting everything ready so that when the worship team shows up, we can just jump right into playing the music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing I hate more than feeling unprepared for when the, the music team shows up. Uh, so I, I make a point of making sure that we're ready, uh, by the time everyone comes in to plug in their instruments and pick up their mics. Um, 
probably the the most sobering moment I have on a Sunday morning is the prayer right before we start practicing. Right. Um, it, it's always a moment where we, as a team, center ourselves and and focus on what we're we're there to do. Uh, often those prayers have the same words. That it's almost always the same prayer every Sunday of the year that we would be focused on the worship of our Lord and not on the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that moment right before we start practicing, doing the run through the songs is usually what really starts my Sunday spiritually prep mm-hmm. um, for a service. Uh, and I know Marshall is often a part of that. Um, but what is it like for you when you don't do that, Marshall, when you're not on the team? Yeah. So yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of like a part-time worship leader, part-time preacher, but Thank there are you. some weeks where I don't play either one of those roles and I'm just kind of in some auxiliary role. So on those weeks, knowing what I know about, you know, what Tim's routine is like and what your routine is like, I do try to focus on doing a little bit more of that mingling and kind of filling the gap there because I know you guys both have so much on your plates that that's kind of, um, that's a role that I can kind of fulfill um, as kind of an auxiliary. Um, but yeah, for me, like when I'm leading worship, you know, my routine looks a little bit like Alex's. Now, thankfully, you take care of some of the logistical stuff so I can kind of focus more on the musical aspect and the leading. Um, when I preach, I got a bit of a weird thing that I do. So because I'm relatively new at this, I'm a novice at preaching. Uh, I actually come in Saturday nights and spend some time in prayer alone in the sanctuary. And then I preach my sermon to an empty sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So I, I have my Bible, my notes, I turn the lights on and I go through the whole thing, start to finish, pray to start, pray to finish. Now my prayers, I don't like fake a prayer as though people were there. Like I'm praying, praying to God to, you know, lead me and direct me as I practice the sermon really. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then in the mornings, you know, I'm, I'm praying a lot of the same things that Tim's praying when I, when I am preaching, um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm a weird person to ask because again, Sunday to Sunday, what I'm doing, it can be very, very different. So yeah, but you know what? Preaching to an empty room is actually good prep for being a COVID pastor. <laughs> That's of right. All these, of all you these pastors talking about the awkwardness <laughs> of it all and having to yeah. readjust and do something new, you're the guy that was ready all along. You know what? I I didn't even think about that till now, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, every every Sunday that I preach so far at Memorial, I've been there the Saturday night before and preach to an empty, empty room. And yeah, so, so for if, me, that just works. So if you know that Marshall's going to be preaching that week and you can't make it out Sunday morning, you can always come stick your ear to the door <laughs> on Saturday night, uh, get what you came for. And uh, it might be at 11 PM. So I don't know if that's past your bedtime, but you're more than welcome to come if you want. <laughs> just keep an eye out for the cube. When you see, <laughs> that's you right. Know that it's time to head over. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My car is hard to miss for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Have you guys been to other churches that you've seen do this differently? Now we, we want to be careful in this because uh, that w- we do it the way that we do it because that's the, what works for us and that's what we feel convicted toward. And so it's automatically going to feel like we're saying, oh, everyone else that would do it differently is doing it wrongly, uh, which is mm-hmm. not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, there are times when we see people doing things we're like, man, that, that's really good. And, and I'd like to see us move into that direction. Uh, but there, are there are there service prep things that you've seen other churches do uh, that you think is is worth mentioning, good or bad? Um, I know for me, I, I often uh, am not excited to wake up ultra early Sunday mornings. Uh, 
you know, that that's just a personal struggle. I, I don't like to get up early, but uh, I know many worship leaders that get up in excess of 4 a.m. Um, to mm-hmm. start their meditation. And then they're at the church building for 5.30 or 6 because uh, they got service starting at 8.30. And they've got to do all the stuff I normally do, but I don't normally arrive until 8.30. Uh, and, and I know that because they're up so early, it often lends to some really personal, um, really focused times in scripture. And, and I've been encouraged by, by mentors to, to maybe consider, even though I don't have to get to the building till you know 8.30, at, to get up at those kind of hours just to spend that time in the word before I've even started thinking about turning lights on. Um, that's something that uh, that I know is is different for different traditions, depending on your service time. And, and you know, for me, it doesn't start till a little later in the morning, but that's something I've seen done in, in a lot of churches. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so for me, I've uh, I've seen I've seen a couple different extremes, I guess. I've seen some some kind of uh, Sunday morning preparatory uh, measures for the service that would essentially like they would go through everything. Like everyone involved in the service would be sitting in the front couple pews and they would essentially go through, okay, you're coming up here and we're going to pass these, right? And like literally like, like a rehearsal, like a whole service rehearsal. So I've seen that extreme. Uh, but before your time, Alex, um, because it was, it was at the time when we had an interim pastor and you were just coming to staff that we started doing kind of this pre-service meeting running through the service and prayer together as, as a team. There was a season even at Memorial where we were barely doing that or not really doing any of that. Like people were just kind of showing up and doing their thing. Um, so so even, even the model that we have, it, even people from our own church might not know this, but it's actually relatively new, like as in the, the last few years. Um, so yeah, so I've seen, and then that extreme, and, and the, the problem obviously, as you can imagine is, um, you know, you have unforeseen things, things that you didn't think about ahead of time. And then in the Never. moment you're kind of, yeah, you don't really know who's doing what and what, what's next. And, and mm-hmm. yeah. So anyways, <laughs> that I, so I've seen both extremes, right? Yeah. The two scenarios that I'd share with you, one of them, uh, like our more charismatic friends, uh, would, would argue that we're a little bit too structured. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a printout uh, that we, we give out to people. We have it posted in my office on the television. When we meet for prayer, we run through it pretty quickly. Not, not quite a full rehearsal like what you're talking about, Marshall, but a, a lighter version of that uh, mm-hmm. that Alex walks everyone through so that we have our expectations. Some, some have criticized that maybe that's a little too structured, that there's not room for the Holy Spirit uh, in all of that, that you know God may choose to change up when we do what. Our argument is different. We say that we're actually leaving more space for the Holy Spirit to work because we're reducing our human distractions, Mm. right? Because the transition between song and offering can be a distraction, right? People fumbling around, not knowing who's praying or or whatever. Uh, Those kinds of things can be a distraction that sort of break up that flow uh, that that was being established, right? and, and so, so there is that. I, I've even seen that go so far. The, when I first went to university, there was uh, this church in town called the, uh, the Spirit-Led Bible Church, I think is what it was called. Uh, but anyway, their pastor and uh, worship guy believed so much in the spontaneous movement of the Holy Spirit in the moment that 
he neither prepared a sermon nor did the music guy prepare his music. That's and so, faith. and so they they would walk up on stage, and the music guy would turn around to the worship team and go, "Let's do." Um, and whatever came to mind was the movement of the Holy Spirit, and uh, they'd sing a song, and uh, and it kind of turned out. I, I think it kind of turns out in that way that you end up singing the same songs over and over again because sure, yeah. it pops into your head. Uh, but I, I don't know that that's the most responsible. And then, um, the pastor would just sort of do the whole, like, open your Bible and preach from whatever was there, uh, right in front of you. Uh, very, very different from, uh, preaching priorities in our tradition, right. uh, and, and our call for like hours of weekly struggling over the text and cross-referencing and finding analogies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I would say not more led by the spirit. I think the spirit leads through the week while we're in our offices preparing, like, uh, like yeah. Alex said. Um, and, and then I've, I've also seen this, and this is a tradition, like we're going to get into what we'd like to see done differently. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there as uh, a sort of start as a segue into that. When I was in Russia preaching, I was, I was there for, uh, a little over a week teaching uh, at a seminary. Um, so I was there doing an intensive study at the seminary. They asked me to come in and preach. And so I was at this Baptist church in Moscow and they got us up early. We got up early to go to church and we went into the church's kitchen and some of the people of the church had prepared a breakfast and all everyone participating in the worship service and all of the elders had breakfast together. Oh, nice. So they got there in the morning and someone wow. had made breakfast for the staff and the elders. And, and I was like, okay, all right, this is, <laughs> this is a thing. I'll, so I'll bring that, I'll bring that to the team. To- <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we all, we all had breakfast together. Uh, and then after breakfast, the people doing like the music and everything would go do practice. And uh, while they were practicing, the elders and the pastor uh, and myself had a Bible study and a prayer time. Uh, And then we all came together, everyone participating in the service as we do, and had prayer time. And then we went into the service. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we had already had, you know, fellowship breakfast and Bible study before we even stepped into the uh, the sanctuary. And uh, it's pretty sweet. That sounds amazing. Actually. Did I mention that someone cooked breakfast for the staff and the, uh, the others? <laughs> I, just, well, I just didn't want to leave that part out. I'll, I'll, share, I'll share for a moment what we, what we actually do. Um, normally on a Sunday mornings, the worship team shows up at 8.30, 8 o'clock and, uh, and runs through the music. And then uh, once we're done that, it's usually about 9.30. So it's about a half hour between uh, the end of practice and the beginning of service. And at 15 minutes to service at 10 o'clock, we gather in Pastor Tim's office and run through the order of service. It's usually posted on his TV or we have it in paper copies and just hit all the items. Anyone who's involved in service will meet in that room so they can hear their cue to come forward or to pray. Um, and then when the band is coming on and off the stage, and then we spend a good amount of time, ideally 10 minutes of that 15 um, in prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and then once we're done that prayer, we head out and, and go through service. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's our tradition. And, and it's something that I've done both at Memorial and at churches I've been at past. And it's something that I think really is beneficial to, to the whole thing from how we prep 
to communication to make sure everyone's on the same page to, to the worshipful um, idea that we are giving our best foot forward um, when bringing our efforts to worship service. Yeah. And all of that, all of that work to make sure we're ready uh, doesn't guarantee that I didn't walk into the sanctuary without my mic on. Because um, that also, <laughs> me forgetting my mic also seems to be a part of our Sunday morning routine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there has been a time where we had just a Sunday that was just, it just felt like every little detail was just falling apart. And then I right. get on stage, you know, like, okay, we got through the morning. We're just going to get through service. And I hit my first chord and I just hear a fuzz come from my guitar because the battery in my guitar is dead. Right. And I had yeah. to tell the congregation to keep chatting for a minute while I went <laughs> to the back room and get another guitar and plugged in. And thankfully that one had a working battery in it. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't make it foolproof. Uh, oh, no. it's, it's us doing our diligence. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so let me throw this out to you. you. That's what we do. What kind of things would you like to see done differently within that? What are some things that we could work on uh, if we were going to be honest? I, I have a thought. Yeah, let's hear, hear it. Hear me out on this. Here's a potential uh, slight adjustment. Does it have to do with breakfast? Well, no, that's a given. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> breakfast is a good idea. No one, any, like, any r- rational person is not going to fight you on that. That's an amazing idea. No, my thought is... I've wondered uh, if if maybe we should move the prayer time a little bit earlier because sometimes what we're doing is having that prep time uh, directly before the service um, prevents us from um, doing a little bit of fellowship and it also limits the amount of time if we do have to make last minute adjustments it, it limits the amount of time that we have to put that into place. Mm-hmm. So instead of quarter till, maybe meeting at 20 till or, or nine, I would actually say nine 30. Like as soon as the band is done, go in, talk it all over. And then if we're done at quarter two, then we get to say hello to everyone coming in, or you have another 15 minutes to go over your notes or Alex has another 15 minutes to, to shuffle things around. If, if something of a curveball has been thrown his way, which mm-hmm. happens most Sunday mornings you usually get right. like one or two curveballs somebody comes in and they're like hey did you know about this or I forgot to send you the information about this announcement or you know so and so is too late hospital. to get this in the bulletin oh right it's always right. too late it's always too late look if it's Sunday morning you can't get it in the bulletin um yeah so like I don't know just proposing a, a, an adjustment um uh, and you guys didn't know I was going to say this and I didn't even really know I was going to say this but I just thought you know maybe that could be an adjustment we could make I don't know mm-hmm. pros and cons yeah. we could talk no, about. I like it yeah I I've always um struggled with how we go about between midweek music practice and Sunday morning practice mm-hmm. um and, and that's just been as that's you know, what I take care of at the church is, is the music. That's been something that I've struggled with um, in making sure that we're giving our musicians the best opportunity to be rehearsed and prepared as well as honoring their time and making sure that it's not just another week that they're away from their families. Yeah. Uh, that, that's been a difficult balance. And, and I like our model as it is. We meet once during the midweek and then Sunday morning is kind of a quick, you know, just run through it, kind of make sure everything's stable. Um, I don't love it, but to be honest, I don't have a better solution. Um, I, 
I think sometimes we fall short in feeling rushed um, when we should feel maybe more confident. Maybe that's just me. I, I don't know. I sometimes I come to worship and I feel like I've just barely made it to the stage. Um, right. And, and I feel like that's, that's a problem. I, I should feel more confident in that. And, uh, and you know, our, our model is, is good. And I like that we have the opportunity at least once midweek to chat and to, to talk songs over and not just, you know, just play them through and call it good. Um, we spend time in making sure they're, they sound good and that everyone's got their own part. Um, but sometimes I just feel like we miss the mark on that kind of preparedness. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that we could do more with that midweek practice uh, because to be fair, there are weeks when the midweek practice doesn't happen because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> schedules are busy. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, like, oh, this, this COVID is going to change everything. People are going to realize what they've been missing out on and all that kind of stuff. I don't know that it will. I think, I think we can <laughs> see people talking about how eager they are to get back into the busyness. Um, so it's going to be a battle that we're always facing. Uh, and so we want to be, we want to be available. We want people to be encouraged to be a part of the worship team and to make that as, as accessible as possible, but at the same time to, to require of them a commitment that, uh, makes sure that they are spiritually and practically prepared and that, uh, the whole team feels spiritually and practically prepared together is a, that's a difficult balance. And, and I don't know if we're ever going to nail that. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of churches will do the whole hard, if you can't be there for practice, you're not playing. Um, and, and that's going to be a long practice on a Thursday night. And what it means is they have fewer people on their worship team and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we try to go the route of getting as many people from the congregation involved in that as possible. And this is the downside of it is, uh, is that those things happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a tough thing. I, I think for me, if I was going to really press for a change, uh, something that I would like to see improved for me, it would be that I would go to Marshall and do that prayer time before. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily that we need to start it earlier, although I think that's a great idea. Uh, and I can definitely see those benefits and I don't really at this point see a drawback in it. Um, I, I would like to see more people involved in the prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Readers, uh, ushers. Yeah. Generally it seems to be, uh, the three of us, right? Like, uh, I'm the pastor, so I'm the designated closer of that, uh, <laughs> because, closing prayer because closing no one prayer. can pray after the, pra- after the pastor, right? It's like the pastor yeah, prays, yeah. mic is dropped. The connection with God is, uh, is disconnected. <laughs> and, uh, and so I have to be the designated closer for some reason, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's always Alex and I, um, and when on the Sundays when Marshall's uh, on the worship team or whatever, then uh, he's in there as well. And and I would just like to see more people encouraged to be a part of that. I love it when the people that are running the slides pray, right? Mm-hmm. I love it when we see the people from the soundboard pray uh, or the one who'll be reading the, the scripture. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would just like to find a way to encourage that prayer time to be extended more than the couple of minutes that it's, uh, that it's at right now. Yeah. Um, I think that would be an awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Another right, you thing, had your chance. Thanks. Oh, go oh. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> another, sorry. Yeah. Another thing, uh, pr- proposed adjustment, uh, because I really echo what, you know, Alex's thing was sometimes coming to, especially on, on the music team, coming to lead worship and, you know, we've prepared, we've run through the songs, we've ironed out the issues, but being sp- 
feeling spiritually prepared for that um, is sometimes, you know, a challenge mm-hmm. uh, when we have 101 details that we have to sort out. Um, one of the things that I know some other churches do and, uh, and that we've kind of talked about, but we haven't really implemented is some kind of, you know, devotional time for the music team, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's at the midweek practice or whether that's Sunday mornings, uh, before running through everything, breakfast? Just, sorry, like at breakfast. breakfast, sure. Yeah. Bible mm-hmm. breakfast, breakfast and Bible study. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, to help people get their um, their hearts in the right place prior to leading the congregation in musical worship. And so again, that's another, it's another thing that needs to be done that needs to be prepared that takes time. And you're asking that from people, but I wonder if that might help solve that, that problem or that yearning that we might have. Yeah. All right. I've, I've got it right here. Okay. Let's you ready it. for this. I'm glad you're both sitting down. Up. Pastor Timism. This is this is this is the kind of idea that gets you windows in your office. (laughs) (laughs) All of that joke is gone because now Marshall's office has windows. I got windows now. Yeah, that's right. It's just me. I gotta I gotta come up with a new thing. A new something. Uh, TV in your office. I don't know. We're Baptists. We could potluck that breakfast. We We don't need a team coming in cooking breakfast for us. We could do a whole bring your coffee and bring your Timbits and we're going to sit down and do this breakfast together and, uh, and head into the service together like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. In total honesty, we, we definitely, when we're preparing to make a change to two services, we, we did talk about adding a little bit of food just, just so that. Yeah. In the in between I'm talking about from the top. That'll be second breakfast, Alex. We'll be like second breakfast. (laughs) Second breakfast. (laughs) Reform nerddom right there. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a product in conjunction with Memorial Baptist Church of Stratford and Together for the Gospel, TGC Canada. And is produced by that guy right there, Alex Walker. Thanks for listening. See you, everybody. Bye.